Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything. Different. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. And the PGA Tour is officially back after this past weekend. Solly here. <laughs> we didn't really go anywhere. That DJ Pie is here. Hey, how are you? Tron is here. I, I do feel like golf is right? truly back. That was the one that was like, ah. Come on. Michael Thompson played well. We're going to talk about it. It was, not a, it was a good finish. Thompson. Not hating on Michael Thompson. That just was like, oh, yeah. I have to watch this. Like, that's why. <laughs> that's why we're watching this. Let me be the first to say thank you for your service. So you like. are. You are welcome. We're here to talk about everything that transpired at the 3M. First chance also to recognize an event that finished midweek, the sixth uh, Rose Ladies Series event. Shout out to Justin Rose for uh, nearly single-handedly providing some playing opportunities for women during the COVID times. Proud to partner with the European Tour. Georgia Hall, past champion of the Women's British Open. She took home the trophy at Bearwood Lakes. Bag full of Callaway clubs and, of course, an Odyssey putter. Odyssey number one putter on tour. They recently launched a line of Stroke Lab putters specifically designed for female golfers. Now, What does that mean? They have a lot more options and shorter links. Uh, they have slimmer grips, but as TC might might say, our resident gearhead, uh, they can be those putters can be used for either gender. Yeah, actually, my mom bought one. So really, that doesn't really support yeah, the either gender that's part. Cool. But yeah. <laughs> no, no, but, no, but and, and actually, my dad's like, wait, why don't I have one of those putters? Like, actually, Dad, you you wanted another one last year, and also you just had spinal fusion surgery, so you shouldn't be playing golf. He seems like he should get the longest, <laughs> thickest putter he could find. He should just quit the game. <laughs> so if you or someone you know is a fan of the two ball, the number seven, the number one, uh, they or if you're interested in additional shorter length options, take a look at the new Stroke Lab women's models at odysseygolf.com. That's odysseygolf.com. Also, uh, Renato Perator, sweet name. He won on the European tour with an Odyssey number seven, Chrome Soft X golf ball, and a Maverick driver. The number seven, that's a good one. That's 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 like the OG. That's what I'm gaming yeah. and have been for quite some time. Does your mom kind of have the golf bug right now? Oh my gosh, man. Yeah. Seems like she's playing all the time. Playing like crazy. Walking like crazy too. She's joined the push cart mafia. Oh, huge. Yeah. She's out there probably three times a week. Michael Thompson is the winner of the 3M Classic. We're uh, 3M Open. 3M Open. Yeah. Was, you would, know what 3M stands for? I don't. Learn this. Um, oh gosh, I feel like I did know this at one point. I feel like this would have been. Prime. I might be thinking of 4H though. Yeah. That, that I, I definitely knew that I was in 4H at one point. But uh, 3M, no, I don't know. It Any, would have been prime for some good jokes if if we had really brought the energy. Any guesses? I mean, they're they're based in Minnesota. Uh, so. Is one Minnesota? Yes. Is one manufacturing? Yes. And is one. Minneapolis. Matthew Wolf. Mining. Really? Mm. Yeah. They were a mining company. They were they were founded up on up in two harbors, Minnesota. Near where I was near, this, this where, week. Yeah. yeah up in Duluth. Do you want to talk about your your no, briefly? Let's talk about the golf. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Career That's earnings. very cool of you to defer yeah. the floor to the PJ Tour winner this week. Career earnings for Michael Thompson. He's been uh, out there a, a minute. Yeah. Uh fourteen million? I would say sixteen million. Eight point nine. Okay. I was with That's, you. I would have thought it would have been a huh. lot more. With that in mind, is it easier to be happy for a guy like Michael Thompson who <laughs> hasn't made that, that much in, money on the PGA Tour? Is that tour? including this week? I don't not? believe it is. No, okay. I think that's up to today. Okay. Um, so a little over $10 million would be now, I believe. But four straight years playing out of the 126 to 150 category. 
that's a, a grind, that's man. That's a tough scene. Yeah, that is. So you're yeah. only getting 21, 22 starts, not at the most premium events, kind of really living week to week as to when you're going to be playing a lot of golf. Made the playoffs last year, so has full status for this current year. And it, it came out in the interview afterwards, and I, I kind of joked after the Travelers, like, wow, it's just so cool to see a life-changing moment for somebody like Dustin Johnson to win a tournament. <laughs> and while it's not as exciting, you know, on the surface for fans when a guy like Michael Thompson wins at the same time, they did a great job, you know, the interview and him, Michael Thompson himself of hammering home. It's like, Hey, this matters a lot to someone. So it was awesome. Shout out to uh, Amanda with great interview there. Yeah. I think Michael Thompson has been the possibly unfairly, uh, the punchline of many ubiquitous, boring vanilla tour player jokes over the last few years. I've made four of them this week. (laughs) (laughs) And it's nothing against him. It's just, it looks like if you were in, a video game and you designed generic Alabama player. That's like, you got the Peter Millar sponsorship. You know, he was a Tulane player. He was. And then they shut and down that, the program. Well, and right? then Katrina came and yeah. yeah, they had to shut down the program. So he transferred to Alabama. You know, he wears his pants up really, really, really high. I, I think that just might be like, big hips. I think that's all that is. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't look right. Randy said that he's, he's Lexi Thompson's older brother. <laughs> we're yet to confirm that. <laughs> we're, we're looking into that. It was, I don't know, man. It, tweeted something like, I've never felt anything towards Michael Thompson, positive or negative. But watching the the last few holes, especially when it kind of looked like Max, you know, was going to be one or two short, and watching that post round interview, of course, like yeah, it's easy to get sucked in. It was good for him, man. He was fucking nails coming yeah. down the stretch there. I like to correct myself on that. This is from Alabama Pro Updates as well. He went back to the Web.com Tour playoffs twice yeah. to regain status. Twenty eighteen, yeah. uh, he he went back to finals and, and sixteen. Um, uh, and he won in the in a web playoff uh, in 2016. And his last PGA Tour win was the 2013 Honda Classic. Uh, that was 168 starts ago and had not even had a top three since the 2015 uh, St. Jude Classic. That's a little bit misleading, though, because he played well in... He played well at Memorial last year. He didn't have a great year last year, but 2018, it seemed like he was T7 at Genesis... T16 at, at Honda. He's so, one of those guys that you could have told me, you could have told me at the start of this podcast, like, oh, he's, you know, he's finished 77th on the FedEx Cup every year, the last eight years. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that sounds right. Totally or you could tell me, like, oh, yeah, he hasn't really kept his card and he's had to grind every year. I'd be like, oh, well, that makes sense too. Well, this will probably be his third best performance OWGR wise. Runner up at the U.S. Open is Runner probably up the bigger points. Oh man, we can. Do, I, I forgot about that too. Yeah. I was like, he got second at 2012 at T- Olympic. Was that Olympic club? Yeah, T2 at Olympic. Yeah. Really? That was a wild the, the year. Birdman one. The <laughs> and then he was Jungle solo. Jungle Bird. <laughs> or, yeah, Jungle Birdman's <laughs> an artist. Uh, and then the third, uh, he was solo third at the McGladry right before that too. Mm. So he had a really good 2011. What? Uh, what? If anything, stood out to you about his his golf game this week? As somebody who was not rooting for him, I had a Finau interest <laughs> and a Max Homa interest uh, for different reasons. So you were like you were rooting for Finau. I had a lot of DraftKings points on the line here. Yeah, you got to set that aside. You, you got no. I wanted There's to, some good storylines in play. I want to jump the gun. We're getting. We're going to get to the Finau. I wanted to rub it all over you guys, which I'm in turn going to be, be have it rubbed <laughs> all over me, which is part of the deal. Uh, so, as somebody that was not rooting for him at no point in today. Today's round, did I feel like Michael Thompson was not going to win? Exactly. I did yeah. not feel like he was going to make a well, mistake. Well, he started a little wobbly. I think he was one over through three, and both him and Wierenski, who were the, the two co-leaders going in, both looked a little like, okay, these guys are going to get blown out to sea. Especially, you know, this was like, fool me once, fool me twice, fool me 8,000 times. When Finau came out, like, 
guns blazing, rolled in a long putt. I was like, oh God, shit, this might be, this might be the day, unfortunately. And I was already prepping all my, like, this is such a bullshit golf course. It's so soft. It's so boring. This was, this was a corn fairy event. And it, which that was another, uh, it was kind of funny to see Michael Thompson win because you tell me good comp or bad comp. This is like a very soft diet PGA national. This week, water everywhere. Just water everywhere. A lot of kind of sort of boring holes, but kind of exciting. If you know, if the wind gets up or if something happens, but just PGA, PGA National bite though, because it's firm and windy as hell, and like it all was that windy stuff. this week. It's a lot colder. It was windy the first few days. PGA yeah. National too. It's cooler. It, it is. That's that's, the, that's, a that's, big, that's a big thing. That's the diet yeah. part. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar free. It was yeah. sugar free. No aspartame. Uh, PJ National. It's PJ National zero. So is what it was. Well, a couple. Thompson. What what I was yeah. blown away by. First of all, he led the field in strokes gained putting. I think that's a rarity for him. Would you believe? I was kind of blown away watching him hit iron shots. He's 126th this year in strokes gained approach. He looks like he hits it flush and dead straight every single time. And I was distance control out the ass. Yeah, I was yeah. blown away that he has been that no bueno this year. That's, well, what, that's probably why he's he was what 100. And, 51st or whatever <laughs> right. in FedEx Cup. Well, that's, yeah. I Just watching today, I said, I tweeted this too. It was like, I just can't believe he hasn't won more. I mean, or really been the topic of conversation because I, I get it just at no point did it feel like it was going to be, he was going to give shots away. And yeah, it was complete control of his golf ball. I, I would like to watch, well, I'm going to careful what I say because I don't know that I would actually like to watch this, but uh, <laughs> on, a, on a week, like he'd be interesting to watch for nine holes on a week where he really doesn't have it to see how different it looks. Yeah, because, I'm not signing up to watch that because this mostly in person. Like, uh, does he hit it clanky? Does he like? I, I don't know what. I don't know what could be wrong. He's got a, I like golf his swing. swing. Looks so yeah. good. Yeah, hits it super straight. Yeah, he was fourth in strokes gained approach this week. First in strokes gained putting. So, I think the golf course contributed to me feeling like he wasn't going to slip up. Like there wasn't. Yes, it, you had to make your own mistakes coming. He didn't down hit the a great shot on 16. To be, I but don't then, know. But then he hit a yeah. great bunker shot. Yeah. There were a couple holes. So, so I, just to clarify what I mean by make your own mistakes, like you had to, it was unforced errors. Yes. Anybody down the stretch. Totally. And was, I, the golf course is not forcing you into certain scenarios. So Max was on uh, PJ Tour Live the first two days. Shout out to PJ Tour Live. So I watched a ton of the golf course. And what you could see a lot of from my very amateur armchair analysis here was some of those back pins, if you were really going at the pins, like you were just toast if you missed in the wrong spot and it didn't seem like there were very many there were some tucked pins today but there weren't too many like back pins where you were really gonna make double and even even like i was talking to max earlier this week and he was kind of saying the same thing where it's like man there's a that's a place to make really really easy pars and really easy birdies on the par fives and the short fours and that stuff but if you try to make birdie on some of the wrong holes you can like fall asleep and make a double fairly easier than you would think and today i didn't really see any of that like to your point, like I, I didn't, that's there, you, nobody was making a double like coming down the stretch. That's how you end up with like a nine way tie for third. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. A super bunch leaderboard, which as it turns out, not a great formula for CBS, which we'll get to that. But <laughs> so it turns out they struggle to, ba- to, balance, to balance a lot of golf shots in there. Do you want to do Finau? Do we want to add him long? Anything yeah, else to talk about with Michael Thompson? No, I don't think, I mean, good win. Let me, let me, yeah. I guess maybe ask you this. So, the biggest thing, and I think Amanda touched on this in her post round interview, is it basically locks up job security. Do we think that's a good thing or a bad thing for for someone who's kind of well, been? Well, that's I, I was going to bang on this a little bit later in the episode, but this was like the death panel open. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got Michael you Thompson. Explain that a little bit for. So there's guys that just hang around on tour without 
like and yeah i mean it's it's hard to get on tour and it's hard to keep your you know yeah ostensibly yes but also like if you're going to be on tour like cam tringale if you're going to be on tour for 10 or 11 years you better have something to show for it he's got a few solo seconds he's got a third but he won the franklin templeton shootout that's that's probably his career <laughs> did he win in san antonio no, he's, not, he's never up. won okay he's never won that's wild and so you know it's like you, know, you got him i mean shit look at charles howell the third careful That's like he's, he's got an incredible career he's got a fascinating career i would i would take his career in a heartbeat but <laughs> it's bold <laughs> bold of you to say yeah. it might be the greatest career to have of anyone for sure that, 50 million that, that's what i'm saying is like he's he's at the perfect intersection of like you would trade our lives famous, for famous like like or extremely extremely successful golfer but without being famous really at all. Almost never gets stopped. Yeah. One of the nicest people ever. You've got Richie Wierenski. You've got Bo Hogue. You've got Cameron Davis. You've got Taylor Goot. Like, you've got a bunch of guys that it's just like Norlander. Like, I like Norlander. We played with them in the Pro-Am yeah. here in Jack's a couple years ago. He's got some spicy takes. Yeah. But it was, it was a lot of guys that, you know, it's like, hey, like, shit or get off the pot. Do you want to do you want to explain what the death panel part of this is? Maybe <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's what DJ was I asking. I mean, the death for. panel. Well, this part is legislation is, that we've been trying to get in yeah, front this of was someone commissioner for, for a long day time. Stuff and all sorts of you know all sorts of wacky ideas we have. But basically, you know, if you have your card for three or four years in a row and you don't really do anything, and you finish in that hundred through one twenty five. Oh, I wouldn't even put labels on it. Okay. Some guys are just you know just eye test. You're not you, you're not bringing anything to the table. There should be a pa- there should be a table. panel, possibly nothing, Tron and myself, and I forget who some of the other people that were on there were. It I think kind I, of rotates. I, I think we had Brandel on. Brandel was on there. Moved. We may have revisited that <laughs> with some of his equipment equipment stuff, but uh, yeah. And the, the panel, if the panel decides, like, hey, man, it's nothing personal, but like you, you don't have a tour card anymore. Like you're you're just you're not you're not providing Streelman value. Listen, man, you seem like yeah. a great guy. Yeah, you, there's no room for you anymore, later. man. Yeah. There's no room this, for you. Where's this getting held up in court? The court system? Yeah, the court yeah. system won't, yeah. won't no, let the us pack, The PAC is going to vote yeah. it in. Well, they, but they won't give us a meeting. <laughs> they don't take us seriously. Before we get any further, I mentioned there were some DraftKings points at stake. Uh, DraftKings has brought their expertise to legal sports betting, legitimate sports book based right here in the U.S. Your funds are safe and totally secure. TC, we don't have to. We don't have to emphasize how important that is. It's <laughs> huge. Of, it's some, everything. <laughs> some of our gambling history might be a little bit sketchy. It is America's top-rated sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. All the money goes right to Sally's Venmo. <laughs> yeah. He keeps it totally. Pretty, his phone's on him at all times. I remember when all That's the shit if you we were use using, code NLU. <laughs> all the stuff we were using in college. I remember like all the Costa Rica stuff shut down at one point and then went to Panama. You know, I was like, what's going on here? I was mixing poker funds. <laughs> Along with yeah, it was not good. So head to the app right now. This weekend's tournament, stacked field, some of the best players in uh, from all around the world. Go to the app right now. Check out what they have to offer, including player props, live betting, and a ton more. And during this week of July 27, there's NBA, MLB. Tough start to my for my Reds. Uh, MMA. They win MR, their first game. Win the first, and then they blew the second two against a terrible Tigers team after great starting performances from the starting that. pitchers. If uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, don't forget about the DraftKings Fantasy app uh, for this weekend's golf tournament. They are offering a share of over $1.5 million. I whoa, thought that was a typo. No, and they're over $1.5 million, top prize of $500,000. So go there, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code NLU when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. 
DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Enter code NLU when you sign up. Only the DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I don't even need to read that anymore. That was quick, really good. Quick note on NBA. I love betting on NBA. This is totally <laughs> throwing my NBA strategy. This whole quarantine bubble thing, they're, since they're not traveling, all I do is just bet on the back half of a of back a, of a back-to-back, <laughs> and it's like foolproof. If you follow teams and losing streaks and all that stuff, sure enough, they're not traveling. So, you know. Listen, everybody's hurting, TC. Sorry everybody's finding a way to make it work. <laughs> Sorry to hear, bud. Uh, by, and by the way, next week, I'm... You guys aren't even going to believe what I'm about to do to you next week. It's, it's going to get cut for time. I could already. I'm going to drop. I'm going to drop a Heinz 57 on you. I'll just. I'll just throw, leave it at that. Can we do the phenol? I feel like it's kind of like that. Uh, you know, if you give somebody, we'll permi- just get it over. Somebody with. permission to punch you within the next sure. 24 right, hours. Phenol. Waiting for it is the worst. I'll start part. with this because I'm kind of ancillary to this conversation. This is mainly you. Randy, Neil, I'm kind of just innocent being bad bystander. Guys. Yeah. yeah, no, no, yeah. they're being good guys. Be bad you're, guys. The, you're the bad guy. I'm a good. Guy. I was going to say you're more in the fight than you even know. <laughs> yeah. You're you're on the winning side. So, Finau yesterday, Saturday, third round, when the wind kicked up, they're on 16. The the what? Uh, drivel par four. Someone called beautiful drivel par four. <laughs> One of the just a great drivel. Great par risk four. reward hole. Which I think the scoring average was below the par three that followed it. At one point Saturday, I don't know if it finished this way, but the the 283 yard 16th hole had a lower scoring average than like the 180 yard par three 17th hole, which is just incredible. Par is irrelevant, but yeah. yes, continue. So wind kicks up a little bit. Finau's got Boyd Summerhays on the bag. Boyd's obviously wearing a really bad hat as dj always likes to point out it's a the whole situation family. we're monitoring the summer haze <laughs> with the oversized nike hats i don't i don't get it so uh wind kicks up they're between three wood and driver tony ends up pulling a driver and tries to play like this little squeeze cut thing with the like a you know little bunt driver terrible shot up the right side almost goes in the water and uh Thankfully, there's a strip of rough there to yeah, stop exactly. it. Exactly. Which, yeah, we, we, we won't even go there. But as soon as he hit that shot, he's not going to win. Yeah. Like, that's, he, he showed his ass right there. You know how, first so, of all, they moved the tee up for both of the last two rounds. Guess how many balls went in the water? 68, time, 68 players, two rounds. So, whatever 68 times two is, that's how many guys tried to drive that green. Guess how many balls went in the water? Uh, two. One. One. <laughs> One ball on Sunday. You see, it's risk-reward. It's such risk-reward. Uh, so let me start. All right. Uh, let me start. I don't want to inject my own criticism. I want. Just, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I want to shout out to Richie Winsky on that only ball in the water. Continue. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. So I don't want to put words in your mouth. Okay. You, you tell me. How are you feeling, man? Uh, another T3 finish. Got to be feeling good, huh? As someone who had DraftKings points on a top 10 finish Ugh. with Mr. Finau today. Uh, that was easy money. We like where we're sitting. That was a winning week for us. And uh, don't filibuster the question. How am I feeling today? You know, it's just another. It's reopening the same wound. This a lot is, of scar tissue. This here. is glass half full or glass half empty. This is the definition of it, right? I, I mean, I guess because I feel like Solly's getting more shit right now for him having finished in the top five than if he would have missed the cut. For sure, right? and that's where I net out on is like, do you think it's an overall positive? For sure. Like a hundred million percent. 
Like, that's not where you're going to win this argument. Like, you can stand on, like, he's never going to win forever if you want. But it is not better to have missed the cut than to be no, close No, that's to not winning. even necessarily what I'm saying. But yeah, it is what you're no, saying. No, 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 no. You go, is that better? No, well, I'm not saying miss the cut. I'm saying, like, if he just had a solid week and finished 15th and was never in the hunt, is that better than, like, yo, you better go win. There's a lot of, like, no names around you right now. Like, you're expected to win. Go do it. It's a golf course that fits you really well and just, like back nine completely anonymous what do you think so here's what where i stand on this is like all right winning a golf tournament is really hard blah, blah blah all that stuff almost every time you get in contention close to the lead coming down the stretch of any kind you are still at less than like a 50 percent odds of winning it right so you do it enough times you would think somebody would turn out to be the winner and it, it keeps not happening. Right? Thirty times, for instance, in so the last, many times in, since twenty sixteen. A ton of times, but it, you know, it's still so. Like, what do you think his best odds percentage chance of winning was? But this is not what we're talking about. No, because the odds are are pretending that he's Michael Thompson or he's Taylor. No, Hirsch, it's not. He, no, it, the odds factor. No, listen to this. We're gonna get there. This is data golf. Okay, this is factoring in the talent level of everyone that's chasing him. His his how, talent level, his strokes gained. This is factoring in the golf course. This is a algorithm that, you know, you, if you want to poke holes in the algorithm, you can. I tend to rely on it. Like, what do you think? Well, is how's best? that been going for you? But... We can, <laughs> it's going great. Okay. So his at one point today, when he was briefly 15 under and Thompson was like putting for birdie and he was 14 under, Finau's chances of winning were 40%. And as soon as Thompson made that birdie, it went back down to like 30 and never got above that the rest of the day. But so that, in theory... But it felt he like shouldn't win. It felt like with Finau, though. So you're saying he's he's actually proving the math right by not winning. Yeah, but that many no. times in a the row. The math. No, that's what I'm saying. This many times in a row. You, you look at the sum of all this. Of course, it's damning. Like we went over all the stats last week of like how the, many top tens like the and not four winning. Four footer that he missed on 13 today. That didn't sniff the hole. It, that it, was yeah. But not or, only that. Or, so that was. Okay, he also so, had two snake bird, not like ten foot birdie putts that rolled over the edge. Like he had, some he had some that missed very close, very call. badly though. <laughs> yes. Too, he had one yesterday. Right. He should have been more irrelevant. Actually, was. I was shocked. No, he missed. Oh, oh, oh. Short. he had a long one that he made too. I was shocked. Faldo was, you know, was right. They were oh, yesterday. I was like, I, whatever you're going to finish with, I was not shocked. With Shadow kept saying Num- the numbers, say the <laughs> numbers, but uh, Faldo. It was he had like a downhill. I think it was on eighteen yesterday. He had a downhill, uh, left to right swinging putt, and the and the wind was coming hard off the right, and so it was like, all right, the ball's going to counteract. And Fowler was like, he's he, he's aimed way too far left, way too far left here, and I can't remember who it was on the ground. He was like, no, like I think it's going to break this way. And sure enough, he misses like a foot outside left on like a twelve foot putt. It was like, dude, like you're not even in the realm here when it counts. It's, it's hard to argue that um, his final round scoring average, not good. His play today, I mean, he shot 68 that felt very pedestrian. Um, I think 68 was the par out there today. It's, it right? was yeah. the scoring average today was 68.3. So, and if you want to win golf tournaments, you got to beat the field scoring average even in a final round. So, listen, was that the performance that like I thought he should have won? No, I didn't look like he was going to win that at any point. First two days, I mean, that's kind of I get it. That's the point. But he hasn't strung it out for four days. Do I think that he will? I do. I don't think he's like getting robbed. I don't think this is this was not in the category of like the waste management. This is very different. Definitely. Deej, you had a you had a point today. We were sitting there watching it on number nine. He hits one three forty down the right. He's got hundred and forty eight yards to the hole. Hits it forty seven feet. That that Pretty benign shot. And it's like, all right, 
Well, that we're is doing this kind of exactly. Yeah. So Tron and I were talking earlier. I'm like, well, what's like, what's the deal? Like, what happens? Does it? Because it doesn't seem to me like you know he gets to 18 with a one shot lead and like he dumps it in the bunker and he misses a short putt and like it's not that. It's, it's like just, he just evaporates. It's just a slow, slow bleed. So like today, I think he what did he do? He birdied 10 to get to 16. Right. So you've got two par fives coming up. You've got a reachable par four. Like that's where you need to be. Right. 11 from the just in the left kind of first cut hits it to 60 feet from 140. Uh, 12. Missed in the wrong spot with his second shot yes. and the par five didn't get it up and down. 13, the par three. That was one where it's like just goes at the flag, but like yardage was not even close, like dumps it in the bunker, which I guess a lot of guys, Yo, a lot of guys did that. Very close on that one and hit the lip of the bunker no. and came back in. Did it? Yes. Okay. Well, I didn't see that. He went flag hunting here. Well, if he'd hit the middle of the green, you'd have criticized him for playing it too safe. I don't know. You're looking for stuff to fit the narrative here. He just for he, sure he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, definitely. But, but at that point, he's he's right in the mix, and he makes a careless bogey on a yeah. I'm just trying to straightforward. Part I'm just three, trying to wrap my head right? around why it's not happening, and it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me anymore. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I wish I could make sense of it. I think what you're talking about on 13. Yeah, he lost almost a half shot with his approach shot. Uh, he lost almost a half shot with his approach into 11 as well and then gained on pretty much all of his other approaches for the back half of the day. But and you can tell he's cognizant of it too because yeah. he post-round interview on Golf Channel, he said, they don't give out second and third place trophies out here. I'm learning out the hard way. And yeah. just to, to be clear and just so people don't think we're being mean-spirited and all this stuff, Tony Finau seems like an exceptional guy. I've literally never heard one bad thing about him from a player. Everybody loves him. I would love to see him, as I said last week, as I said the last, you know, the time before that when he was close, would love to see him become like a force on the PJ Tour. But absent of that, like, dude, there's just really not much else to keep my attention on a Sunday afternoon when it's, you know, Michael Thompson battling Richie Wierenski. It's like, dude, I got to have well, something, I think that's, something to go off well, of. And so I guess that rooting takes for... That into some of the broadcast stuff too. Well, can like, I ask a question? Yeah. This is a, there's no Formula One race to discuss this week, but... <laughs> Why, when we all watch Formula One, are we way into who finishes second, third, fourth, and all that, the points that come with that, the storyline that comes with that, and why does no one care about it in golf? I don't know the answer to that. I'm not saying, like, I care so much about who finishes third, fourth, fifth. But in golf, it seems like it's way bigger deal in a yeah. field of 156 guys versus 20. Well, I think I think because there's only 20 in Formula One, there's a distinct pecking order, right? Yeah. Where I was gonna say it's people almost... get out, outside of their tier, outside of their pecking order. That's one thing. And then also, like, it's just been so unfair. Over the last well, that's what I was going to say long. is it's it's almost more like watching tennis, I would guess, where it's like, okay, well, you know, like the top three are going to. But if so-and-so like, so they're going to. The quarters, that's yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I think the Formula One thing is much more like, well, these guys are supposed to finish 17th and they might finish 11th. Like, holy shit. That's, that's but not. But isn't that like Michael Thompson? I guess, but that's I think like that, that's the game within the game a little bit, but they do such a poor job of covering. That's what I'm saying is the story. Like I feel that golf fans and networks and everyone has done is become like sports talk radio. And that it's just about who wins a tournament at the end. And like them showing a brief highlight of Emiliano Grillo putting to tie the lead on the last hole, but like not really even telling the story of him finishing third this week is that's where I'm, they haven't given us like a reason to care about who finishes third. And now that leads us to being like looking poorly upon somebody like Finau who finishes close to, but no cigar almost every and week. And that's the ultimate Trojan horse to get us to give a shit about the, the FedEx. Cup. Exactly. <laughs> They're giving out a shitload of points for these finishes, like a but, high finish. And I don't mean to put you on the spot, but no. like, what do you suggest? Because they give FedEx cup updates constantly and they, they do try to do this. 
And like, I just don't know what you could do to like make me care about that. Very simple, very simple for casual fans. Show me how much money is on the line for a final putt. Well, I mean, if you don't true. care about yeah. the final yeah. points, that's fine. Show me both. Show me the, yeah. the points that are on the line and what that could mean in the final standings, which is just my FedEx Cup points are just money. That's all it is. It's just a, a prorated yeah, a out yeah, yeah. until the very end of the year. But you show on the screen, like, hey, this putt that Schwartzel has on, on 18 today was to get out of a tie for third into a tie for second. How much was that worth? But I don't no, want to yeah. do the math but on no, that. But no, Sally, they're not playing for the money. They're playing for the prestige of the Fed. Exactly. Club. Put that up there on the screen then if we yeah. go in and pretend that. No, so. that's a really good point. I, I do. I wonder if the fact that golf schedule and priority ranking and all that shit is so convoluted that it would be so hard to do it in That's real true. time you know what I mean where it's like you got yeah. categories yeah got, it's just yeah. all of a sudden like oh he finished third which gets him that moves him here in the FedEx Cup which then once the, this next reshuffle happens that means he's then going to get into this tournament which means he could be potentially earn this much it's like alright we're already like why are and you now telling me this like, get on to the next guy's shot one thing is, is taking over but Otherwise, he can rely on his past champ status. Right. And, this and, that. and that, it gets so. All that. I don't. Block yeah. that out. That's not that. But, important. but that's I don't where we think need the you death can, panel a little bit, too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Thin the herd a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think you can do one without the other. Or I don't. I think they go hand in hand, I guess, is my point. Is like, I, I think you. It's really hard. I will give them a bit of a pass. Like, if I was in charge of, hey, like, make people really, really care about Emiliano Grillo finishing third, like, I don't really know how I would do that. Because so, it is kind of hard. To play us out on Fino, I have a... Uh, yeah, all right. So I have a question for you. Okay. Going back to DJ's question. Encouraged mm-hmm. on Fino going into Memphis and... I mean, Harding Park should set up fantastic what, for him. I think so. What would it take for you to, to be I, discouraged? Um, I mean, if his putting was really bad for four days, because he hasn't really putted well enough to win. Like you, As much as like the PGA Tour is about ball striking, you need good putting weeks to separate yourself at the very top. I mean, you don't... If you're outside the top 20 in strokes game putting, you don't win very often. Like the winners, yeah. just the numbers rule that out. So I'd be really discouraged if it was a great week of ball striking and he didn't putt great. I think he's number gonna, number one in strokes gained approach this week, number 36 in putting. Yeah, that's not good enough to win. I mean, it's it's going to put you right there. And, and so the point is, I think he's going to keep putting himself in these spots, and I think he's going to have a hot putting week and win on the PGA Tour several times in his career because the craziest part about the whole thing is like he proved in the Ryder cup that he can play under pressure and he can it's exactly the case i was making for him to be on the team was like he's constantly beating the best players in the world he's not beating all of them at once but like for match play you don't need to be the best you don't need to beat all the players in the field you need to be really good and really hard to get around so i wouldn't even like say i think he sets up great for majors i just think his style of play for the pga tour super long Good iron player, that combination, is going to leave him a ton of birdie chances, and he's going to fill it up. Yeah. He's going to probably win something like four mm-hmm. at a certain point. Uh, yeah. you, you can do the victory lap every no. time he doesn't win, but I think it's... I, I, like I said, I listen, know it's. Uh, what, I was he does? what was the bet, though? There's no bet. There's no bet. Okay. Solly Sol- Sol- said he was going to win like three times this year, oh which obviously that was odd. What did you say, two? COVID, I said boldly he's going to win two times this season, which would have been like 24 more starts probably, maybe 20 starts. What? So we'll say we'll twenty say, more. So starts? we'll say twenty Al starts through. from February, like after right. waste management. How about this? How about this? We'll give you to the end of the West Coast swing next year and just basically prorate this out. Sure, he'll have the whole he'll have the whole uh, fall series, silly season, and then all the West Coast swing to win two times. Now through yeah, but yeah, I mean we're starting from zero anyway, so yeah. <laughs> 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 Trying to do the math on. I kind of think it should be three times, but how yeah, many weeks yeah. off were they? 
They were. It was like three months. So I said two times. So you did. You can't just say. But I you're, now you're at. So basically, he missed. Let's say at the most, he missed ten starts out of twelve events, which is being generous. And now you're adding another ten uh, on top of that. Yeah, yeah. He, he missed ten starts. You said. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so that, that works. On top okay. of that, yeah, yeah. All right. Are you are you riding with that? Or? Sure. Okay. Okay. I All have right. nothing. I, I, I have a stick. I have yeah. a stat. Like for the you. odds are not in my favor on this one <laughs> either. So it's not a 50-50 bet. I have a stat for you. Most official money earned in a single season without a victory. Um, you told me earlier, but I yeah, thought it was Fino. Uh, yeah, but is he's it, close. It's not it, Fino. Is it counting FedEx Cup money? Official money. So whatever they no don't think okay. FedEx Cup money is official. Um, I don't know the answer. Jim Furyk. 2014, almost six million, five point nine eight seven million. Finau's second, 2018, five point six million. Sergio's third, 2014. Ricky's fourth, 2014. Hmm. 2014. Somebody was just the rib was just the rib was slurping up all the (laughs) hoovering up all the all the wins. That's interesting. Did not know that. What is next? Should we talk about Max? Sure. Listen, we said in the. In the DraftKings segment, we knew he was close. He was hitting the ball awesome, just couldn't make any putts. And I think maybe that caught up with him a little bit he this made, week. He made more putts, but... He made a lot more putts this week leading up to getting himself, you know, in the the penultimate group. And then just a couple couple misses today that would have been cool to have, but massive step forward. The one on 17 was, was a little fresh. He flagged that ball. Allegedly flagged it on eight as well to eight inches, which we didn't see on the Dottie broadcast. mentioned it about six times, but... Nobody loves Max more than me. This is not a shot at Max, but let me just say, if he'd have lost, if Tony Fina would have lost two point three strokes on the greens today, how hard you would have been, you'd be roasting Tony Fina for that, or or more Kawa, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the putts, he had a couple looks, like that eight foot range that you know, if you win tournaments, you make, and he hit it. Gosh, he hit it so good. It's kind of hard to follow the round today. Not, that is a coverage day. You yeah. can safely classify that. It was. He got dropped way too early, and uh, the, you know the playing through while he's chipping out of the hazard to two feet or a foot, whatever it was on sixteen. Can we was, just do Amsterdam now? Sure, I'm ready. Let's just go in. I don't I, have I, that much to say. I'll, I can kick it off. Other than like, this just reminded me of why I'm utterly defeated watching golf all the time. Where it's like, like especially the golf channel stuff was like lead in stuff. The was one to the one to two thirty or whatever. just miserable, man. It's like, it's like I don't shit. really know why I'm. Why I'm watching this? It is this week was totally the oh fuck these guys they'll watch they're gonna watch <laughs> I, and what I will s- counterbalance that with is like maybe a lot of players in the field maybe that puts more stress on an already small crew fewer cameras fewer graphics people Course fewer sucks. replay <laughs> fewer <laughs> straight fewer, up fewer replay sucks. people all that stuff so maybe that was part of it but the golf channel aspect of it for sure was exceedingly unwatchable for for as for as unlikable as I feel like Nance is at this point. When he's not there, it feels so down market. You know, it's like, yeah, we true like we truly don't give a shit this week, guys. <laughs> well, a couple things here. First of all, did Dottie Pepper you know, Dottie Pepper's talking about Max and how he's pretty self deprecating on Twitter, and then they said, uh, I think we CBS, we we excel in the self deprecating department. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That is not what I would say here. They lost track of Matt Wolf today, which it, defending <laughs> champ and with the, with how rabbit ears CBS clearly is. Hello CBS, as yeah. you're, I know you're listening. Yeah, they kind of reminded me of the Bryson. I would say I'm actually a pretty good dude. Uh, <laughs> it was actually I'm not a bad guy. Yeah, I'm actually not a bad guy. That was very CBS. Like I'm actually a very fun network. If you would fucking relax and watch. DJ, I have a question for you though. Do you know what a hard camera is? Yeah, exactly. Kyle Rudolph. 
Okay, that was the thing. Sure. Um, which I think that was the sub in for the three. I think it was sponsor interview. Which the is red zone fun. reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> Charles Schwartzel's round was the most important round in the history of golf. Today, well, no, apparently. his hat was his hat, fucking which was sick. great. Yeah. I think it was an ode to his former countryman, of course, Rory. Um, <laughs> Trevor Emmerman calling sixteen a fantastic drivable four was uh, the last little nugget I had there of just like I learned just because it's a drivable four doesn't mean it's fantastic. I learned was it Trevor or Mark. Mark, probably. I learned three There's different a lot of times MMM today that, uh, or this weekend. I think Michael Thompson marks his ball with a 1985 quarter. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I sort of get why they do that. It's like you don't expect somebody to watch a ton of coverage. I get I yeah, get where you're going. But they kept mentioning the same. It's like, yo, like the first time you said it, it wasn't interesting. No, it's really not. <laughs> and uh, then the... the, the, <laughs> the Amsterdam's supposed to be tight here, the guys. The schlong. No, this week is not. They showed but, a lot of the schlong. No, they showed a ton of the schlong, but the schlong, the schlong's post-round interview. <laughs> They're going over his round three scorecard. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like maybe he was a little caught off guard. And by Jackson it. Roger, I was like, dude, what? He was like, yeah, what was that, man? <laughs> this, I don't know if this fits in here, but people were... Uh, the reviews were in for Matt Wolf's being mic'd up for the first round. They were not strong, which to those people, I would say you deserve to listen to DL3 because I don't <laughs> care. Like, I don't get, if the takeaway is that you're annoyed by Matt Wolf, even or whatever it is, like that's b still better than hearing announcers talk. I'd oh, rather yeah. hear a player talk through his shots that, and like follow totally. his whole round and be like, I thought that was going to break left more. Yeah, he's a chatterbox. Like, that's, that's the reason you put a microphone on yeah. him to hear that. No, that you will definitely, from this corner of the world, you will not hear like, Man, that player talks way too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, dude, just anything. Give us any improvement this here. Is, right? This is the and first And shout out week. to Matt Wolf as, like, defending champ, and he was yeah. on PJ Tour Live and, like, you know, agreeing to be mic'd up. I think that's And the point that's of awesome. that is the Thursday-Friday coverage of the 3M Open needs that oh, yeah. shit. Totally. Exactly. Like, watching PJ, of course, I'm biased because we were watching Max, but, like, PJ Tour Live was awesome to watch. And that very much shows, like, when your guys are on there and you've got some players you really want to watch or if someone's got a great round, like, it is... Really hard to beat that. Yeah. I, I just can't stand the people that are clamoring for different shit on the yeah. broadcast and they get mad about Matt Wolf, you know, being talking too much. They had to be annoying. few and far between. Which yeah, I get that Wednesday was maybe different than Thursday. People were saying on the, I didn't watch the charity thing, but uh, this was actually the first week that I I missed fans a little bit. I've been missing fans on Sunday. It's like, it's for big moments. It's like, ah, yeah. Uh, God. Props to Wolf too. T12. Yeah. Starting to show a little bit more consistency or a little bit more, uh, also, was Max, like, was there a discussion between, like, like A, like, you know what would have been really fucking cool? To hear it. Is to hear, man, like, this is a crucial moment in the tournament. Again. And, and, Dottie, and Dottie said that they were, he was thinking about going for it, and then he lays up to 189 yards <laughs> out. Like, that, that seems well, a little off. Right? In her defense, she also screwed up what he laid up to. It was, like, 171. But, yeah, <laughs> I don't quite see how they thought he was – the discussion had to be like avoiding all of the bunkers that you have to avoid laying up. But again, just like let like us that hear would have that. been if if I'm going to hear one conversation between a caddy and yeah. a player all week, that probably would have been one of them. And, yeah. and of course, a shout out to our, our guy Joe Griner, not whatever what they call him, Nick Griner, Nick Griner. Uh, on the telecast. J uh, Max caddy, those two. IBF uh, clarified. Oh, okay, I, I missed that. But hearing uh, hearing those two on PJ Tour live. Joe's awesome, man. He's extremely, extremely committed on like he's, very direct. He's very yeah. direct. He's he's got mega alpha tendencies. So I would have, of course, loved to hear more of that on the broadcast as well. Does that wrap up Amsterdam? I think. Yeah, That's just all I got. shame. Just on, I mean, <laughs> the golf channel like that was that was the worst today. Like they, it, was it was commercial, 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 and then which in their defense it is a CBS production on Golf Channel. Yeah. So here's what I'll 
what I'll rehash on that note is to me today, like it's awesome that Michael Thompson and Richie Wierenski are in the lead going into the final round. But to me, like the, the story that 90% of golf fans are going to care about watching today is like, all right, can Fina win or not? Like he's our biggest star that's kind of in the field here. He's the biggest guy that's in the second to last group. Like we got to be following him. I want to see him like when he just dumped it in the bunker, like yeah. stick on him. Like what's he set the stage? How's he acting? How's he feeling? And I get there's a lot of guys to follow, but it just it the commercials is what kills it. And that's not CBS's fault. That's not Golf Channel's fault. It's the PJ Tour's fault. Where it's it's like, dude, this is this is unwatchable. Where it's just constantly. All right, Finau's the only guy I care about watching here. All right, well, you're going to see one shot of his. Then we're going to sprinkle in a couple other nebulous random putts, and now we're going to commercial. And the worst part was the volume of unsold spots, which turn into then yeah. PGA Tour commercials, was seemed to be at an all-time high this week. Which, I don't know if they're unsold. Yeah, I don't know. How I bet the ratings are going to be not good. I have a question for you guys. Is Live Under Par dead? Yes. Is it gone? It is. Officially? Or It's it, it's not officially dead, but it, it has been... Uh, it's been a place on life support by Big J. Okay. It's possible that... It's not on the PJ Tour Twitter account anymore. They don't hashtag it anymore. I haven't seen yeah. any commercials for it's it. It's possible Return to Golf was just a, a smokescreen to kill Live Under Par. Back on the <laughs> tee. Ricky Fowler. Well, they stopped that commercial now, too. But now it's... Guys, story of the week. <laughs> story of the week. Somebody shot 66-66 this weekend. Who was it? Alexander Norris. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Here we go. We got a question. For, a, a I have true a true killer. I've been getting rid of, or I've not been working in the questions, but Johnny Robley asked, what happens if Alex Noren wins a PGA Tour event before Fino? Oh, God, that would be sick. Well, so that was the craziest part today was if I thought for a moment that it was going to be Charles Al third and Noren <laughs> beating Fino. And that would have been like, I love, I love Charles Al third. He's like, one of, like, love watching him. I, I feel like it's a kinship with him when he's trying to close one out because it's like, it, yeah, it's fucking hard, man. Like, and the, but leaving the eagle putt Leaving short. the eagle putt oh, short on 18 tough. right in the jaws. You're like, man, that's so fitting. It was perfect. It was <laughs> chef's kiss. Sorry, I had one more coverage thing I forgot to work in. Nick Faldo, professional golfer in his own right. Uh, Six-time six major champion, according to Andrew Catalan today. Has been doing CBS broadcast for 14 years now. Is amazed that Matt Wolf hits a six-iron 200 yards. There are six handicaps that can cover that can hit a six iron, and Matt Wolf is one of the longest players Thank in the you. world. Thank you for Eric telling people that I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> can you carry a six iron two hundred? Oh, come on, we don't need to brag about things like that. But. He's confused by the number. Uh, but like, I, I just can't. I'm so over these announcers being stunned oh. by how far these guys are hitting the golf ball, uh, especially like somebody like Matt Wolf. First of all, I bet he hits seven iron two hundred yards, not six iron. And one, how is that amazing? All right, anyway. Also, Chase Kepka low-key uh, beating Brooks this week and shooting 63, including a final 929 today. No mention of that. There the was a lot of uh, Fred X Cup stuff going on this week. It was. Bo Hogue. You had Bo Hogue. You had Seb Straka. You had... Uh, Robbie Shelton. Shelton. Mm. Gosh, who else was up there? Wow. Yeah, Shelton. Can we talk about Shelton? He's had a... I mean, even before this week, he was. he's had a pretty good season thus far. Are Scheffler and Shelton the same guy? No. <laughs> They're kind of similar. No, Shuffler went to Texas. Shelton, Shelton, uh, Shelton's got so much game, but Shelton's Alabama AF. All right, yeah, uh, okay. Funny how For you guys want to talk. Purposes. Now you guys want to talk Fred X Cup this week. All of a sudden, <laughs> well, one Shelton, week I don't run away and beat Shelton you guys. Was at. Uh, he was ninety first in the in the FedEx Cup going into this week? Like that, that's I think that's the angle for this week is the FedEx Cup. This guy's trying to get in the top one twenty five. 
doesn't have the same bite when there's no cards on the line. For me, at least, no, it's like, true. ah, yeah. Have we decided officially? that? that oh, for us. Yeah. Oh, I'm Fred just saying Cup. for, like, oh, yeah. guys yeah. making the playoffs, keeping their status. Fred X Cup, yeah. You guys can gerrymander it however you, however you want to. <laughs> Thank but, you. Yeah. Grillo, statistically, worst putter on tour. <laughs> it's not do we, worst we didn't even do Norn. Do you guys want to do anything on Norn here? Do you nah, no. He beat Fino. That was sick. It was so jarring when they finally showed him on one of the parts. Oh, sorry, they tied. not beat Fino. Fino birdied 18. You took a victory Needle- lap. Needlessly. Very not needlessly. As soon as he was out of the tournament, he started flagging the ball. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. Norin, nice tribute to Mackenzie Hughes. The only shot I, I remember of him all day was on the par three where when I mean, he hits that sawed off thing where he just puts the club in the ground and then it and then like it, it's like a half swing, puts the club in the ground and just It's like his whole thing leans right like his whole body leans right, like his whole shot shape is like trying to work <laughs> it left to right. It's what I aspire to. <laughs> it's <laughs> Legitimately you are, watching Alex him, Norton is what you think you are. Exactly. Watching him chip at the players <laughs> is what screwed me up for like two years. Where I was like, yeah, I think that's what I need to start doing. And what I need to start picturing. And I don't think I don't I'm at the point now where I don't really think it is. Do we want to talk about TBC River, uh, Twin Cities, just being up in Minnesota, like, yeah. it is amazing how little respect it gets even from the people of Minnesota. Yeah. Like it's it's a disgrace they're having the tournament there. <laughs> this stinks. It's a bad look for a minute. Because Minnesota is one of the most golf rich. It's like a poor man's Ohio as far as you know. It's wild. Scene. People can even fast forward through this part if they want because it's so unrealistic. But listening <laughs> with with no fans, it's too bad that like you almost didn't have more of a heads up on the no fans or like you could you knew. Of course, everybody knows wishes they knew how long this was going to last. But you could go, really go to like some much cooler golf courses oh, yeah. when yeah. you didn't have to worry about the infrastructure of fans. But Anyways. too too hard to change things around. Are we ready for? Uh, we got several questions. I didn't I didn't uh, save any of them because uh, a lot of them were very leading questions. I would say, <laughs> but to discuss uh, Richie Warinsky, sure, who was uh, made some waves on uh, social media article on golfweek.com about the uh, Blue Lives Matter bracelet that he was wearing dj pi after a brief stint in political twitter today how does it <laughs> how did uh how did that feel yeah i can't imagine how well, well first of all let me clarify what i was trying to say which is that i hate police officers of course uh <laughs> i have no respect for any government institutions much less the people who put their lives on the line for our safety uh no of course where is twitter a great this? great place for this twitter is a great place yeah, to, yeah I, I don't know why i was really trying to further the conversation there but okay couple things one, shout out to Richie Wierenski for a great week. That was impressive. Many people don't know this. First golf story I ever wrote in my whole life was about Richie Wierenski when he was like a 14-year-old kid at the International Junior Golf Academy. So I've always Is had Is that the a, one in Hilton Head? Uh, no, it, uh, it might be. But the tournament that they were playing was in Orlando, so okay. I don't actually know where it was. But anyways, that was one thing that like got zoomed in on and people could see with all the high-def cameras was that he's wearing this Blue Lives Matter bracelet in a vacuum, of course, that to a very casual golf fan, even to someone like myself who's not a very casual golf fan, that looks really fucking weird because it is a tournament in Minnesota, the epicenter of like the racial tensions that everybody in the country has been talking about for the last three months. To do that in the final group on TV in a vacuum is like a very weird, seemingly tone deaf to a large group of people who apparently don't follow me on Twitter thing to do. Now, of course, the flip side of that is uh, what do you, what's so controversial about him supporting police? How, you don't, so you're saying blue lives don't matter? 
it's all the shit that like and that he wears the bracelet he's worn the bracelet for three years apparently yes and apparently has a number of police officers in his family and so what I want to clarify is like of course I'm not saying that like you know what he knew he was going to be on TV he's trying he's got an axe to grind with these like you know self-righteous protesters in Minnesota he's going to really show them by wearing this on TV not what I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say is that like for those who don't understand it which are apparently a very large group of people those three words and like a counter movement to the Black Lives Matter, something that was started in direct opposition to the Black Lives Matter. This is not even like an opinion. This is just stating the fact that like, hey, FYI, that means something drastically different to a large group of people. And there are probably a lot of people who think like, oh, no, what's the big deal? Like, I'm just I support police. That's why I'm wearing this. Don't look you know, into it any more than that. It's like, man, look at like the history of this movement. Like you can't really assign your own meaning and like people are going to see that and it's going to mean a lot of different things and a lot of more like explosive things to a big group of people. And so the whole point of the last three months, at least my biggest takeaway of the last three months is like people who are in vulnerable positions and people whose voices have not been heard in this country going on, you know, literally hundreds of years. I think the point is like to really listen and to try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes And so all I'm saying by like bringing that up and where I think people are upset about that is like, that's a very uh, potent thing to do and a very impactful thing to do, whether you know it or not. And I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that like, that's not what he meant. But the point is, I think when you see stuff like that, it's probably high time to kind of be like, hey, maybe we should talk about that. Maybe we should think about what that means. Part of it was... I'm not even talking about like my tweets. Like that's not that. Exactly. So I think that's, that's well said, but... I think part of it with your tweet was Richie Wrensky's canceled. It was quote tweeting something that yeah, said like Richie like, Wrensky's canceled, which it's is like the whole cancel culture thing. Is yes, bullshit. and of course yeah. that inf- like that's the problem with talking about this fucking stuff on Twitter because everything gets wrapped. Everybody's in coming at it with their own context. Everybody's coming at it with like you know their own mind already made up. Myself included, probably is coming at these things with their own mind made up. But like the the problem and what I wish you could scream on Twitter, but you can't because it's not a podcast. So I will say it on the podcast is like, if it's a bracelet that says, I support police, I'd be like, dude, that's sick. I'll I'll wear one of those bracelets. Like, I have many police officer friends who I love and who I support and who I hope people respect and who I worry about when they go to work. I massively support police. The fact that instead what it says is like, my movement is a direct opposition to your movement, that's what people are upset about. And like, if you don't get that, it's because you're not listening or you don't want to listen. It's like, dude, that's the whole point. Nobody's calling you a racist. Nobody's calling you anything. Nobody's saying you, like, get rid of all the police. Like, it's just, dude, like, just listen to the other side for a second and and think about how this might look to somebody else. There are a lot of groups, and this is wildly unfair, but, like, this is what happens with some of these movements is, like, there's a lot of groups that have used that flag, the thin blue line flag, and that phrase and all those things to justify some really shitty shit. If you don't at least like acknowledge that that's part of what's going on there, like, dude, that, that it's just ignorance. And that's why I didn't want to even bring it up at, but like back at Tory Pines, the PJ tour has Tiger Woods chipping to a like blue lives matter, thin blue line pin flag. And that was before all this stuff like went down. If that happened today, like that would be the massive national news. And people will say like, well, that's cancel culture and whatever, but no, it's kind of like maybe hopefully kind of People are like kind of starting to listen to 
why that stuff matters to other people and why other people can have can interpret your your actions differently than you might intend, I guess. DJ, if you're having problems with Twitter and stuff, I would say you should start tweeting more about strategy and statistics. <laughs> and track, I know. don't have any time because I'm always keeping stats while I'm playing. Tracking your tendencies while yeah, you're on the golf course. I don't have time to tweet about it. Um, Anywho, that, that was, I don't know. Hopefully that's... That makes more great sense than, of, than where I was going on Twitter. but And also any of the people who are butthurt about what we're saying aren't listening to the podcast anyways, so that's fine. Probably accurate. Uh, bearing the lead for this week, really, Martin Trainer got smoked by his caddy in the <laughs> PJ Tour event. <laughs> he got really tough, Which is a tough scene. The uh, Europe, You want to do a little European tour? Well, or I want to go back to Emiliano Grillo. Uh, <laughs> they've updated the stats. He's now 214th instead of 216th okay. uh, in, in strokes and putting. He's... He's losing almost a stroke per round through. He's got 57 counting rounds. And so you got to hit it really good when, you when he puts <laughs> when even average, he's inside the top 20. Like he's unbelievable yeah. as far as ball striking. He just can't, he, he can't make any putts ever. <laughs> but last place in strokes gained putting. It's got to be so frustrating to be a player on the PJ Tour and not be able to make any putts. I'm asking you, last place. Oh, so, sorry, what? Last place yeah. in strokes gained putting? Yeah. For Mar- this season. Martin Trainer. Bill Haas. Really? Yeah. Huh. 212, so fifth to last place. C.T. Pan. That's shocking. Which blows my yeah. mind, because mm. I've always pictured him as this unbelievable putter. It's that, tough to not hit it far and also not putt yeah. well. And then Hideki, of course, is 205. Oh, of course. <laughs> he's never made a putt. <laughs> <laughs> the answer's never I'm told sur- a lot. Yeah, I'm surprised he's that high, having <laughs> never made a putt. Hideki's never made a putt. Um, Do you guys watch, watch much of the European tour this week? Didn't they ended on Saturday, Zero. right? They did. Yeah. It was at uh, Close House, which is Lee Westwood's home course, I believe, or where's that? Lee, 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 must, Lee, Lee must have tied one on <laughs> Saturday or on Friday night because I think he, he made the cut and then shot 79 or 80 in the, in did the I, final round. Did I see somewhere that the purse this week on the Euro Tour was like one million one, pounds? A million pounds? That's not good. No, it's not. Which the, the Corn Ferry purses are like 600K. Uh, U.S. I just want to give uh, a huge shout out to the European Tour, of course, for still awarding 24 first place official World Golf oh. ranking points uh, this week. The uh, <laughs> you guys want to guess what the uh, strength of field was at the uh, Betfred British Masters hosted by Lee Westwood? Uh, sixty-two, forty-two. Ah, I was, um, was going to say thirty-five. Yeah. So, so but the. Uh, you know, for all the whinging that's been going on for, from the folks, whinging, from the likes great, of, no, great word. Li- from the likes of really uh, call me off guard. Andy Sullivan, he finished tied for fourth and gained uh, five point nine two points. Out <laughs> We're of back, this. baby. Um, if the, the so if the strength of field, so again for back to the the conversation, the European Tour has a and the PGA Tour for that matter have a minimum number of points that have to be available for every event, and that is twenty four. So even it takes a, a strength of field of at least one oh six. To get above 24 points. So anything under than that, doesn't matter how strong the field is, you get 24 for finishing first. So even in a field that has, say, three top 100 players, you get 24 points for first place. Uh, If you have 11, or I'm sorry, 17 top 100 players, like there was at the 3M, uh, you are given, the, the winner gets 38 points. So Adam Long finishes solo second, 17 under, with, you know, beating 17 top 100 players. He got 22.8 points yet to the, uh, Went on the European tour. Got more. Sorry, the prize fund was uh, this week was 1.25 million euros. Next week, 
the Hero Open, which is at the Forest of Arden Marriott Hotel and Country Club in, Bur- in beautiful Birmingham, England or Alabama, <laughs> right? yeah. is 1 million euros. Meanwhile, that same week, the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational is like, 10.5 million US dollars. Hmm. Oh, and, and everybody that missed the cut got 1,500 euro this past week hmm. on the Euro Tour. Hmm. So that's included in that 1.25, I think. Which I guess, yeah, yeah, that's tough, man. Are we ready to talk some PGL? Sure. Hit me, baby. <laughs> you hit us, man. Some news uh, this week. News. A lot yeah. of people think the PGL is dead. Tell us no, about the, the PGL I is think not. The PGL's been Rumors of its death have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah, I think the PGL is in a better position than they were three months ago. Been quietly making moves. Yeah, and, and trying not to, but but at the same time, trying not to be dickish about stunting on anybody during a pandemic. But yeah, some news. I believe it was you, you and Murray. The Guardian, yep. Yeah, he, uh, which I better, I better. <laughs> That's his newspaper, not, not his nickname. <laughs> Um, it was, you're right. Yeah. Hey, it was you and Murray. Yeah. Okay. Cause there's, there's like, there's a you and Murray sky sports. <laughs> there's you and Murray that writes for the guardian. He's like, I do not work for sky sports. And I do not write headlines is his okay. Twitter profile. But he said, okay, I could have, which wrong. I'll disagree with a couple of the things in his article, but well, what are the broad, the strokes? broad strokes are, you know, nine or 10 guys that have gotten letters, uh, you know, offer letters and that they are in touch with, Keith, don't call me Scott Pelly, and Jay Monahan. <laughs> what is an offer letter? So yeah, just going by some of the reaction that we saw, I, I think it's important to clarify a couple points. One, you know, like you mentioned, Solly, this is theoretically, we would assume from everything we've heard, what they're going to try to lock down first is kind of who the player owners of these teams would be. And for people who haven't been following and have no idea what the Premier Golf League, the proposed Premier Golf League is, it would basically be 12 teams of four and kind of run like franchises, run like, you know, teams in another league. And I think their goal is probably to start with 12 player owners. And so a lot of the names that were named, which I don't know that I've really seen names named before, skewed like much older and much more kind of, I think there were some kind of uninteresting, uninspiring names on there. Do you have the list of names? You've got, uh, this is on you and Murray's list. You got Phil Mickelson, Adam Scott, Henrik Stenson, Brooks Kepka, Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler, and Paul Casey. That's the first I've heard of Paul Casey. And that one kind of made me scratch my head a little bit. And then also he, you know, he said, quote, uh, you know, they had talked to the European tour and um, you know, just a little bit about this at least infers an increased willingness to involve golf's existing stakeholders in the PGL plan. And then Euro Tour spokesperson said, for the last couple of years, we have been proactively sought out by a couple, by a number of private equity companies, all of whom recognize the strength and influence of the European Tour across glo- golf's global ecosystem. And so I think the thing to keep in mind or the, the thing to take away from this news, at least for me, was trying to get those player owners locked in. And I, I think some of the reaction I saw was kind of, well, those guys are like old. They're and all washed up. They're all washed up and they're not interesting. I don't think that the point of a story like this is like, yeah, we're going to start a tour with with eight guys and these are the eight guys. I, I don't think that's what they're saying. I think what they're coming at this with is like, these are our, you know, rumored proposed kind of franchise owners and then they would fill out teams of four. So you'd have another, you know, whatever, another 40 guys that would fill out uh, the rest of the team. I would, ca- I mean, I've through different circles, I, I've heard different names. I mean, I, I think we've all heard different names. Every time we talk to people, we've, we hear different names, but bottom line, it's not going away. And I think 
It's also, in flux. Like the reason you hear different names is like yeah. this is changing. And if it doesn't happen now, it's going to happen in two years or it's going to happen. And I, and I think a lot of the backlash initially was the Saudi stuff. Which I think at least my personally hand raised of like I pro- was not nearly as informed when this came out as I think we are now and was kind of like, eh, this seems like this seems dirty. This seems scammy. And we've probably helped fan the flames on that sentiment more than we probably should have. And I would say, yeah, I mean, the Saudi stuff. Like Rain Group's the one that's putting this together, doing a little homework on Rain Group. They've done a number of like massive deals, like Manchester City when they sold that English Premier League franchise. They've they're part of draft like DraftKings. Like they're they're very like they're they're the largest kind of merchant bank for sports and like media transactions in the world. So <laughs> which like yeah, I would I, think that they could <laughs> probably raise a billion dollars without the Saudis too. So you know if push came to shove and that was too big of a hurdle for some of these players i would think you know what hey guys if this can happen without the saudis we can probably do that too well and and hearing a little bit more about yeah like you said rain group it's i think some people kind of have a vision of this league as like a couple guys driving around arizona in their van like pitching like no it's gonna be sick man it's a totally different tour and it's like no this is a pretty it's pretty buttoned up uh entity (laughs) yeah yeah david levy the guy that they've brought on used to run turner sports like pro i think it's you know there were a lot of reaction too that like oh, i thought this was dead i thought brooks and rory had killed this and whatever and i guess that was kind of my big takeaway from this this week's news is like oh shit this is this is still very very much here and and i don't think that i, I don't know i mean first of all i didn't hear any of those players deny being involved this week which maybe they did maybe they did maybe they weren't no, I, reached I, out for comment i'm not yeah. sure but like it, it would be uh, Do you think PGA Tour Media was asking any of these people the question? <laughs> well, I, it's There's no almost, media. It's, I guess the, none of the guys really played this week. I mean, I'm trying to think of like a good example of of someone on there. I mean, Phil, I, I don't think anybody really doubts that like he's involved. But like, I mean, re- read the names one more time. Mickelson, Scott, Stenson, Kepka, Rose, Fowler, Casey. So, so like Kepka and Rose, there's two good examples of like, you know, is Brooks or Justin Rose, if they're not involved in this and they're super loyal to the PGA Tour and someone, there's a report that like, oh, these guys are, you know, entertaining offer letters to go join another league. It seems like if that was totally false, that we would have some some uh, well, statements issued. That's the other thing is the fact that the tour- Or to your point, I think the PGA Tour would issue a statement. Of, the the fact know. that the tour, uh, basically the Euro Tour acknowledged that they've met with them and then the PGA Tour confirmed with several people close to the situation said, yeah, like we've, we've met with them too. So I would imagine the PGA tours fear before was like, don't, you know, let's not meet with these guys cause it's going to legitimize them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's out the window now. Yeah. So now it's, you know, at the very least it's players trying to play the two entities off of each other and forcing the tour to figure out how to sweeten the pot for the top 10 or 15 players. And that's what, and that's the thing that's interesting about it, especially is this kind of, I don't know if fight or flight is the word here, but the more, more like FOMO of for the players, it's if you are offered a franchise like right now, if you're offered a stake in this league, that might not be there in two years. You might not be the guy if they circle back and you know this thing starts to come together in and two you, years. And you need to join it in two years, but you're not you're right. not one of the guys calling the shots. Exactly. So yeah. it's for a lot of these top guys, it's kind of like a hey, are we all jumping in on this? Or, you know, I don't want to be left holding the bag of not very much money here anymore on the right. PGA tour if I'm one of the few guys that's not making this leap. So that's the kind of the part that made it really interesting to me is, hey, we 
for the top players, is a question you have to ask yourself of like, am I going to miss the boat on this? Because everyone else seems to be kind of talking about Uh, this. I'm at the right place at the right time kind of thing. And also, I think from the perspective of, if anything, all right, let's say say this does materialize. Like the people that are like, you know, I like the PGA Tour. I like the way things are. All right, what do you like about the PGA Tour? Well, you know, like the top players only play against each other a couple times a year outside of the majors. And so, you know, I just like all this, you know, it, it's like a proving ground. Well, it's going to be even more of that if, if it's a feeder system or if it's... Well, so that, there's a couple things to, to go in. And I, I think all of this, I mean, correct me if anybody has anything more concrete, but this is all kind of gathered from like a couple conversations and, and basically what the PGL had rolled out as their proposed kind of, you know, here's what we want the structure to be. But for... People who are not familiar with anything that we're talking about here, do you want to talk like a little bit about the structure that's proposed and how the PJ Tour could or would potentially fit into this if everything goes the way that like the PGL says yeah. that it's going to? So, so basically what they had said was, and <laughs> I think part of this was our impetus for getting so deep into Formula One. I mean, it's yes. turned into kind of a joke now, but it has made this idea make so much more sense to me. So you'd have 12 teams of four, 48 guys, Playing around the world, you know, for a shitload of money for a every week, ton of money for much bigger purses than they're yeah. playing for That's now. That's going to get their attention every week. Yeah. So basically, you have a third of the players in the field playing for probably twice as much money week it, to week. Probably more than that. How's yeah. that math work for so, you? <laughs> that seems good. Also, 54 holes. So it's less golf and as well. Guaranteed. But, and so some people have said, all right, it's guaranteed money and all that. All right. At the end of the day, like guaranteed money for if you finish 48th every week. You're still pulling down hundred grand. <laughs> right. If I'm a caddy or something like that, <laughs> yeah. dude, sign me up. 18 events. Like I'm still we're still yeah. making two million dollars. Right. These guys don't say no out of principle. Like just, yeah. just just to be like, no, that doesn't seem right. I don't want to get paid. I don't want to get paid for finishing last place. That is not how yeah. these guys operate. So but then, a but couple then, but then some people have said, all right, well, that turns into a WGC. Well, even before we get there. Yeah. So a couple more like structural things. So there would basically be a like a individual component. So 48 guys teeing it up together every, you know, 18 event schedule. So not every week, but, you know, every couple weeks all around the world. Uh, there would also be a, so there'd be an individual component. So like F1, you'd have your, you know, your, your champion driver of the year, whatever, whatever it's called. Uh, world, world champion. World champion. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> champion, champion golfer of the year. Is that taken? We can yeah. use that. <laughs> um, but you'd have that. You'd also have a team component. So you'd have two the very beginning of this podcast, like why is it more fun to see what's going on in F1 downfield? Like what's going on with, you know, the race for seventh and 12th. And I think having a team is like a big component of that, right? Because there's team standings. How are you moving up? Uh, Tron, we talked about it a bunch where it's like a week, like a WGC, like there's no context when, I don't know, John Rahm is out of the tournament and he could either finish 37th or 42nd. Like you absolutely don't care because you don't care about the FedEx cup because you don't really, it's not going to affect his world ranking. It's not going to affect really anything. It's all completely arbitrary and it's just to kind of fill up the field. Right. And it's to kind of divide money that like nobody ever sees or thinks about. Whereas when there's a team component, like I think that makes the whole field a lot more interesting, right? Like I, I was imagine if Cat was wearing an earpiece. Every <laughs> <week>. <laughs> I just mean even like when you have, you know, also I think downfield at the WGCs, you have not to pick on uh, our our contingent from Japan or the Korean so, tour or any of those guys, but 
who Solly would call the the world ranking manipulators who get into those WGCs. Don't label me. And they finish 35 shots out of the lead and they're just like never relevant. Like instead you'd have the top 48. Like there's a big difference between 48 and 78, I think, as far as kind of like the meat of an, an event and, goes. And granted, I doubt it would follow the W, like the world golf rankings because there's no- Because suck. <laughs> well, well, not only that, but but also because that's just a snapshot in time, right? right. You right. want guys with personality. You want, yeah, there's a whole component. But I guess it. the point is like- Which is way more interesting exactly. to follow. With, with F1, less players means more familiarity, means you care more about- where they are. I, I think that's just like, that's very simple, but I think that's kind and of the point, right? fucking relegation. <laughs> and there's potentially, yeah, relegation pitched. Uh, there's actual drama with this. Yes. Like all of so the teams. So the bottom stuff. of it means almost more than the top at some place where it's like, all right, you know what? Like so-and-so has finished in the bottom five players of, of the last six events. Like he's, he's clearly going to get relegated this year. Is his spot out. in doubt because so and so Christopher Ventura is tearing up on the PGA yeah, well, Tour right now, and that brings me to the the final point, which is exactly why it's important to like set the context of what this thing could be, is because I think, like, I don't think the PGA Tour would frame it this way right now while the conversations are going on. But if the PGL succeeds in the way that like they're pitching that they're going to, like the PGA Tour would then become kind of like the feeder system for it, right? Like how and else? And the Euro Tour. And the Euro Tour. Like how else would that go? Like, and that's what kind of made it click for me a little bit was the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, the PGA Tour is not going away. Like they're they're taking 48 guys from the tour and from Europe, right? But there's a ton of golfers. There's a ton of venues. There's a ton of sponsors. There's a ton like almost gets it back to being more the tour it was back in the 70s and 80s. Exactly. Yeah. That and that's where it's like, man, if you like the not to shit on Michael Thompson, but it's like if you like th- these kinds of weeks where it's like, <laughs> hey, here's a here's a journeyman who's like yeah. going out and getting it and improving his life. Like that kind of seems like what it would make the PGA Tour into. Because we've talked about like the weeks like this are more similar to a top tier Corn Ferry event in terms of field and in terms of excitement level and all that. Like, you But if know. you're the tour, you can easily see why all this freaks you the, the oh, fuck out. Yeah. For sure. Like, yeah. You're kind of saying it as if but, like, oh, it's good. Your PJ tour is going to no, be no, fine. No, 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 no. no I, I think know you don't mean it that way. But to yeah. the people who say like, this is, this is a, a soulish cash grab. What the fuck do you think the FedEx <laughs> cup is? <laughs> right. Like seriously. And like, this, I can promise you're not going to have picture in picture of small golf being played while a commercial yeah. for the PGL is playing. That's the thing. It's like, like they have messed up the entertainment aspect the of the tour PGA Tour. The has, tour has showed us their cards and their cards say that like, we do not care about the fans. Yes. Like we do not care about the viewers. We do not care about our product. Or to give them the benefit of the doubt, like, no, <laughs> hear me out. Or to give them the benefit of the doubt, like, our structure like doesn't really allow us to change because like they, they can't the players hold all the cards, the players hold all the cards and like, they can't show the way they show favoritism is through things like the WGCs and through things like the massive cash disbursement of the FedEx cup. Like they can't, the player run organization stuff is, yeah. makes it really, really hard for them. But to then change. that's the crazy part to me is like the tour wants to espouse themselves to be this independent contractors. And then as soon as these guys, sniff around and say, Hey, you know what? I could go play 18 events and I'll still play, you know, some of these guys would still come back and play a few PGA tour events and all that. Like you know, essentially what guys do on the Euro tour now, like they, they come back, they play six to eight events and keep their membership there. And the tours basically said, no, absolutely not. You can't do that. Well, which one is it? Are you an independent contractor or are you like kind of an employee of the tour and you have an anti, you, know, you have a non-compete? 
yeah, it's it's a really weird situation, and I I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know that like we know where it's going to shake out, or I don't know if even like we've I definitely know we haven't thought of everything uh, on what goes into this. But I guess my massive kind of takeaway or where I'm at right now is like don't fall asleep on this because it's not gone, and it could <laughs> it could legitimately like shake up all of golf, and it doesn't really seem like people are taking it all that seriously. No, I mean, I was just like kind of Googling articles about like, oh yeah, Monahan shut down the PGL talk. I was like, no, like no, no <laughs> like none of this is shut down. Yeah. And people thought when the PGL came out, like when news came out about it in January, Mar- uh, February, whatever it was, and that it didn't happen within a month, that that meant it was dead. Like this thing's been in the works for six, seven years, something like that. Yeah. And it wasn't their intention necessarily for it to come out right then and it wasn't like do or die right now and like or we fail it is if it doesn't happen in the next month or year that doesn't mean it's over either and you think monahan's in a better spot now than he was five months ago or pelly for that like for that basically bleeding you know bleeding the the coffers probably be you know probably drawn down their coffer their 250 million dollar coffer by half they still have to pay for that brand new headquarters building down the street from us um, you know, and, and I know the big TV contract is what it is, but at the same time, like, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they can't do, they can't offer what the PGL can offer these top guys. Like PGA tour still well, has to be there's basically no more, the way that I view it, there's no more growth in the PGA tour. That's what unless I, unless they go international. That's what I struggle with. And this is where I really don't mean to like shit on the PGA tour or, or anything like love the PGA tour. It, it's a great place, but it's like. That's why I was so fascinated to see what would happen with the TV ratings in the hashtag return to golf is like, dude, there's nothing else. There's nothing else on and you have all your best players playing except for Tiger, which is a, a massive asterisk, admittedly. But they're, they're back. They're, they're back. So you have these two massive, massive things working for you, like unprecedented things. You have all your best players at the Charles Schwab Challenge. You have all your best players at the RBC Heritage. Like this shit has not happened forever. And you have no competition. And that's why, like, hearing some of the talking heads on, like, Golf Channel or radio or whatever, it's just, oh, my God, these breedings, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna be massive. <laughs> it's like, no, they're not, because it's yeah. so unwatchable. It's so hard to figure out. It's so hard to have 200 favorite players well, it's like, all right, to rating, try to root for. Ratings were up double over last year. All right, cool. Ratings were down 18% last year and right. 20% and the year before that. You and know it, what hurts was with MLB starting back up, all of the sports people being like, Finally, sports are back. Exactly. I was like, oh, dude, they don't even think we're a sport. And that's where it's like, dude, that if you're gonna grow, if you're gonna hashtag grow the game, and you want like if top players and golf courses and equipment companies and fans to an extent, everyone except for Big Randy wants to like make the game of golf bigger and a bigger deal and more of a priority in people's lives around the world. I don't see how you can do that with like the PGA Tour model where everything is. Very safe. Everything has to be approved by the players. There's too many players. There's too many events. There's yeah. too many weird too moving parts. It's like, dude, it kind of seems like you've maxed out like what this is. Unless you, you, yeah, unless you go to basically unless they start making inroads into Asia, and, right? And, but then I don't think the tour is cogent enough with their comms and marketing to bridge those two gaps and those two spheres even right it's so, just it's hard man looking at like the i, I mean i know everybody, everything comes back to the structure of the tour like right, that, yeah. any conversation and you pull on the string long enough it comes back to the fact that it's a charitable organization and you can't undo that you undo that like you have I, I could be 
more broadly generalizing than it is, but you have to basically you would owe taxes on every dollar. Well, it's not just terrible. Money. It's member. It's it's best interests of the members. Yeah, but I'm saying like for not having paid taxes on all oh, that yeah. money that's come in. If that changed, if you decided like, hey, we're going to pay taxes, taxes now, you pay back taxes. Years, for, yeah. No, it's, I think it goes all the all way back, back to inception. So like it's completely not an option. So that's why it just seems yeah. like this whole Band-Aid on Band-Aid on Band-Aid. Like now we have WGCs. Now we have FedEx. Now we kind of are funneling sponsors to you guys like to get you some extra money. And like <laughs> Grant Thornton. <laughs> it's Optum, uh, that kind of stuff, like how that works. And it's all this Band-Aid. Which I recognize those efforts, and they're smart efforts, I think, to get your top players legally, paid. Legally, like you can't, yeah. you're not supposed to treat one player with yeah. preferential treatment over another. Yeah. So Rory versus Michael Thompson. And that's where, listen, maybe people are saying the same thing about us listening to this, but like, I feel like there's a lot of people that just haven't grasped how potentially seismic of a shift this is. Well, I think going oh, back, God, you've got yeah. the, you know what I mean? You've got the, the grow the game element. And divorce that a little bit from like, yo, like let's just make something that's really entertaining to watch on TV. To that though, DJ, I would say that shows you how strong, or I guess how far the tour's reach is over media partners and networks. Like, no, and all exactly. This. Like, there's a reason why no one else is yeah. talking about it. Is the tour doesn't want the people talking about yeah. it. The Golf well, Channel's not going to talk well, about it. Well, literally, think about <laughs> this is fucking wild to think about. Think about like who would potentially talk about this story, right? Like I'm just rattling off like the biggest names in like PJ or in uh, like golf media that come to mind in the in the states I should say I was gonna say that like that's why you got the Guardian yes, exactly and, and so Telegraph. like the PJ Tour media channels obviously not Golf Channel obviously not has proven time and time again that it's just like becoming more and more of a puppet for like whatever the tour is looking to do Golf Digest now indirectly I don't even know kind of like owned by the tour yeah. I, I don't really know how that works like golf TV they have a massive are they owned by like discovery which owns golf TV which is a massive partner of the tour like point being like I don't know if they're doing a big expose on this right. golf ESPN. ESPN now the ESPN plus going to be the streaming provider for the PGA tour so there's one and so that kind of leaves you with like golf.com which has I, I, I don't know I, I don't see they have their own issues but I don't see any like real you know pj tour issues there and got golf week golf week dabbled into it a little bit but i think and other than that it's kind of like they're kind of limited with rogue renegade labor, yeah shitty podcasts like this <laughs> uh yeah it's just it's it feels really weird and and like the more i think about it and the more it clicks and again i'm happy to concede that maybe we've got something wrong here or we're reading the tea leaves wrong or or whatever but Man, it just the more you think about it, the more it's like, yo, people should be shouting this from the rooftops. Like, well, going, this is a massive deal. Going back, I think like we're not going to go hop in a Formula One car next week. They're not trying to grow the game of Formula One, you know, grow the game of driving. <laughs> They're just trying to put a good product out on TV so people watch it. Yeah. And then at that point, you know, so I think at some point, like it comes back to that, like, yo, let's just start, let's, let's divorce this whole grow the game thing because nobody's going to watch this tournament this past weekend and say, you know what? I'm going to go start playing golf this week. They're going to do that because they have a cool, affordable municipal course down the street from them and their friends play. Well, I also don't and think they're going to do that because they're not watching this week. Yeah, well, that, yeah, <laughs> like, that too. But but so it's like, let's start from square one. Divorcing it from Grow the Game completely and just saying, hey, let's just put a good product out there. And, and so speaking to those people, I think this is kind of like the last thing on my list as far as PGL goes is we haven't talked about the majors at all yet. And what's wild about this is that I don't think the majors would change at all. They'd be better. Like, I think they'd yeah. be better because you'd have the PGL guys 
coming in to play against the PJ Tour guys. You'd have all this like inherent friction between these two things. And it just like that part blows my mind. It's like from a casual fan's perspective, it's like, oh shit, like the Masters is still the Masters. And like the this dude which, qualified they might have for to, the US Open and he wins. Does he go to the PGL? Right. Or, you know? Like I think you'd have so much interesting stuff there, but I think from like the very casual fan that you're talking about, like I don't think the U.S. Open looks a lot different, no matter what happens with the PGL. I don't think the Masters, I don't think the British Open, I don't think any of that stuff looks looks very different, which feels like an even easier sell because then all you're changing is kind of the the 3M Opens and the WGC Memphis and all of those things. Last thing, somebody brought up, hey, haven't we already seen this before? And and through Indy and Cart. And I think it was Kyle Robbins. So Kyle, I'm sorry I'm airing you out like this, but it was a shitty take <laughs> because basically like, yeah, we did have IRL and CART and NASCAR at the same time, but you know what else we had? Formula One. And it was above that the whole fucking time. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's kind of an irrelevant yeah. argument. Mm. Segment time? <laughs> sure. Segment time. God, <laughs> I get fired up when I talk about the PGL. <laughs> um, you hate to see it. Who wants to go first? I'll, I'll concede back some of my time. I admit I didn't have too many things I hated to see this week, so I'll, I'll give up my spot. Yeah, and Tron's going to take three of them. I've then. got three. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Uh, first of all, we've got Lonto Griffin. Before the dust settled this week, he was 10th in the FedEx Cup, but he can't even get a start in the WGC this week. Really? Yeah. That, so I'm sorry. So you do hate to see scene. that. That's, you hate to see that. Meanwhile, you got... Jason Kokrak is. How does he not get in? You have they don't have a FedEx Cup exemption. No, it's just like straight up. And the and they but ex- didn't they make the field? And bigger? they expanded the field, and he still isn't in. He's he's like fifth alternate right now. How did Ma- Chan Kim is first alternate? Meanwhile, Jason Kokrak is all in. <laughs> <laughs> all in twenty twenty. Pocket aces. Chez is in. Sebastian Soderberg is in, who I've never once heard of before. <laughs> uh, Kevin Streelman and uh, and then all right. So my second one, uh, U.S. Junior Am. Was supposed to be this past week. Got canceled. Pour one out for all the kids. Mm. Hate seeing that. It was supposed to be up at Hazeltine. Uh, I thought there was something snarky there, but you, you yeah. really do hate to see no, that. No, I yeah. legitimately hate to see that. And then lastly, Tony Romo. Oh, no. Mm. Shame on you. Gets an exemption into a Corn Ferry event and withdraws after how many holes? Four holes. Four somebody. holes. Somebody said seven. Somebody said four. But get the fuck out of here, man. After he withdrew from a tournament a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, like if you're not healthy, yeah. get out of here. If you're in doubt for your health and you're getting an unrestricted sponsor's exemption, you got to give that up and let somebody else in the field. So I, I don't have a problem with you taking the exemption. You're not taking up a spot from somebody. But you better damn well be playing well and yeah. be healthy. Yeah. It's a bigger deal when it's on TV. It's a bigger deal when... Fans can show up, yeah. all those things. And it's, yeah. I, I, I get it, like trying to get it out, but that's a tough scene. Uh, you hate to see it. First tee of the Jacksonville City Am this week. <laughs> uh, tournament I've been prepping for, for for quite some time, a couple of weeks. It's the highlight of my summer schedule. Uh, trying to peak this week. I was trying to peak. It's just like a, the right size tournament for me. You know, good, really good players. I'm far from home being course? home course, far from being like one of the top 10 players in the field, but like I could compete with this group. I had committed to hitting two iron off the 10th tee, which was my first hole. Wind was supposed to be down out of the left. It starts raining right before my shot. It starts shifting directions, so I didn't want to hit the two iron. You were all in on the two iron. I wanted to. I wanted to bunt a driver. This could be the rub of the green of the week. Spray it, Ob. Uh, no, I, I, got, I got some rub of the green. Uh, spray it, Ob. First ball of the week. Hit my next one down the bank. Tried to hit it a, a gap wedge from a ball above my feet. It goes in the water. Hit the next one on two putt for a quad. Open the week with a quad. 
I'm behind the eight ball. I'm, I'm out of the tournament for before it even starts, and that's just something you hate to see. You hate to see that. I end up finishing like T31. It didn't cost me the tournament. I didn't play great anyways, <laughs> but that's just uh, just the worst feeling walking off the first green making a quad after for a tournament you're really trying on. Can we give a shout-out to the finish of that tournament? You and I were having some beers, walking around, watching the end of uh, the golf tournament at Jack's Beach. Of course, the 18th hole, a the vaunted finishing par five, which we can discuss. Which I played one under this week. Actually, we should give a shout out to our crash course podcast after this yeah. 18th hole coming down two man uh, horse race between two guys whose names I forgot Cody uh, Carroll and Cody Carroll Pierre Villeneuve or something which I mean Randy, Pierre, Randy Pierre was Villeneuve. pissed that we even let a French guy into the jazz <laughs> yeah. city yeah. we don't actually know if he's French his name he was Pierre, his name was Pierre Villeneuve though he's French uh, but Cody's got a two shot lead hits it in the kind of in the shit left Blah, blah, blah. Anyways, Pierre's got to chip in for Eagle to even make this thing interesting. Does it like the very small crowd is kind of going nuts. And then uh, Cody has to make a birdie on the difficult kind of weird gimmicky, some would say, 18th hole and does it to win. So that was that was a sick finish. And the 18th wild. hole provided some Provided some great drama. drama. It did. And I played it. I played 17, 18, both one under this week. There you go. That's very smart. So rub of the green. Go ahead, Deej. Uh I mean, I don't have a good one. Uh, Murph, our guy who lives on 16, turns out he wasn't home. So we were able to sneak into his mini fridge and grab some beers during the <laughs> really? Jack's Please do not do that so, if you're playing Jack's Beach. Uh, people don't know which house. Okay. He lives in an undisclosed location. Yeah, don't go to any of the houses. <laughs> Everything breaks to his pool, though. So he may be able to figure it out. TC, rub of the green. Uh, this is actually from, from Zach Blair. He sent a voice memo this week. He was playing, you know, he, he played, he skipped 3M. He played probably 11 times this week. Was playing out at somewhere up in Park City, I believe. There's some power lines that run through the course, right? So this is a potential rub of the green. Could have been the, the mega rub of the green of the century, but it was just a slight rub of the green. Ends up hitting the power line on the par three. Hits below the power line, hits the top of the ball, but it's it was kind of a low spinner. Ball keeps spinning, goes straight, almost holes out. Almost an ace off the power line and would have had to re-tee. That's gonna say you got to re-tee if you. It's that's a rule if so you get a power line. He said it was it was about an inch. It was about an inch away. Rolled about a foot past, and he was like, "You know what? I wouldn't have re-teed it. I would have just walked off the fucking no, course for sure." <laughs> uh, my rub of the green of the week was, of course, Max spraying one right on the six. The beautiful drivable sixteenth hole, <laughs> spraying it right. But thank God there's a strip of rough there in the hazard that kept his ball up. We wouldn't want uh, two balls to go in the water there for this week. But that was that's the rub of the green. It stayed up. He chipped up close and made a birdie. And uh, my backup rub of the green was me having two putts in the tournament that got hit the cup liner thing, the little lifter cup thing, the COVID protector, and pop right out of the hole, which is really fun. That happened to Gabby Ruffles this week, too. It did. It Bad was one. tough. Going back to Max, shout out to him for uh, not calling in a rules official today. Taking his own drop. 18, taking his own drop. Maybe things you love to see. Yeah. Uh, I did have a soapbox Sunday. Go ahead. So let me preface this with I know that he WD'd from the tournament with a uh, apparent back injury. And that could possibly sum up what we saw last week with the 80-80. But I want to talk about Dustin Johnson. Specifically, I want to talk about the fact that Dustin can go out and shoot 80-80 and like nobody pretends like it's the end of the world. And if that was Jordan Spieth, like people would be absolutely dancing on his grave. It would be his career would be over. It would be an absolute like nightmare scenario. But with Dustin, everyone's like, oh wow, huh? Yeah, he just won, but like, I get, yeah, I don't know. I guess he stinks now. That's that's weird. Anyways, what else is going on? That blows my mind that there's so many players in that category. I think like Dustin's like that. I think Justin Rose is like that, where it's like he can just stink 
for six months and everyone's like, oh, huh, weird, Rosie. I guess he doesn't have it. I think Rory's even got a little bit of that to him. I think he does too. And I think that's... If Rory shot 80-80, people would have been freaking out. More so than DJ. Oh, yeah, way more. I mean, Brooks is playing like ass. Exactly. Brooks, I think, is in that category. And I think... If Spieth had won two weeks ago and then shot 80-80, it would be different than if he did it right now. I. It would be different, but I also think like... Actually, I don't know. I think he would get... I think he would get a minor pass if he had just won. I think right now it would be like, oh my God, his career's over. That's what I'm saying is DJ just won. So I think- I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. But it's just, it's weird to me. And it makes me think that like, I, I don't know if it's that people just don't have an appetite to, like, I think people can only fit a certain number of like golf passion, like professional golf passion in their brains at any one time. Where it's like, dude, I got, listen, man. Tiger, I got to live and die with every shot of his. Rory, kind of to an extent. And Spieth, I ride for really hard. But, like, I don't really have room for anybody else. And that feels really weird for one of the, I don't know, five biggest stars in golf. Some would say Six the biggest stars in golf. That it feels like he gets a mega pass. And all that said, you know, hopefully the back injury is A, a real thing, B, not too debilitating because it would be fun to see him. Play well in the major. Uh, it has to be. If you win two weeks ago and then you should come out I would and shoot think a couple so. 80s, there has to so. be something going on there. So, TC? I'm kind of going to bifurcate it here. First of all, I want to say shame on Renault <laughs> for this protest. They're going to protest every week this season, I guess. Racing Love Point it. stinks. No, you, no. You've been... No, Randy and I talked about it. Listen to the trap draw this week. Randy and I brought in our Memphis expert to talk about Memphis. So listen to the trap draw. Shameless plug for the trap draw this week. A lot of mea culpas as well, but... Shame on Renault. Racing Point, they're digging it out of the dirt. They're, they're doing good things. People are saying that they're copying the brakes from Mercedes or whatever. Toto has said not, no such thing has occurred, right? So they're just fast. They're fast as shit. People, <laughs> they're fast because they're copying Mercedes. People don't want to, you know, Toto's even saying that they're, they're, they're faster through some corners than Mercedes is. You know, people don't want to see Lance Stroll and Sergio, Sergio Perez Team do well. Disgusting. And now, you know, we're hearing that Vettel might go there next year. Kick Perez out of his spot. Got my uh, my soapbox Sunday. Every two-lane brings you home, Luke Bryan. <laughs> two-lane beer. Every two-lane brings you home is their, is their slogan. So every two-lane road in the world brings you home, and that's their official There's slogan. There's a lot of two-lane roads in the world. There's could, a lot of them. You could say, you know, every two-lane brings you farther from home as well, if you're a pessimist. That's what I'm getting at here. Yeah. So if you're going to advertise in the last hour of the broadcast every time with, what makes you country? <laughs> and then come on and say, every two-lane brings you home. I'm just. What, what about if you live off of one That's lane? the dumbest tagline I've heard since Live Under Par. I'm Every gonna, two lane brings you home. I'm going to, yeah. I don't know. I'm heavily jaundiced against all the date rape country stuff anyway. So that's that's not my thing. Can I do a little quiz with you guys? Sure. Before we close out. What makes country? Go through, go through some. <laughs> not uh, an ad because <laughs> fuck that. Go through some FedEx Cup stuff. This was prior to this week finishing up. Projected FedEx Cup? No, or this, actual, was, okay. this was prior to the week. Adam Scott. Prior to this week, where yeah. was the standing? 85th. That's a good guess. 31. Really? Yeah. Didn't know he still played golf. I didn't know. Either. Kevin Streelman. Oh, he's higher. Uh, 27th. That's a good guess, too. 19. Yeah. Mm. Bubba. Uh, 58th. God, that's a good guess, too. I, yeah, I was going to say right around 50. 58th. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's great. I swear I'm not looking at it. Yeah. Patton Kazire. Uh, 131. No, he's like... Uh, He's 42. Really? 160. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I'm feeling myself a little bit now. Like, Tony Fien- heard his name Tony Finau prior, prior this week. Uh, 39th. No, higher than that. 21. 32. Really? Yeah. They touched on that in the broadcast uh, okay. today. Uh, lastly, Scotty Shuffler. Uh, 49. 15. 27. Okay. okay. So kind of in the middle. Right, right in the middle. And I want to give a shout out to... <laughs> he's he, he's been listening to me. <laughs> uh, LPGA is back this week at, at uh, Inverness. So Which, stoked for that! Shout out to their their commercial like brought my eyes to the screen. Yeah. It, they showed it one time, and the tour dumbass PGA tour commercials are so bad. And the LPGA one was like, oh, f- like fuck yeah, that gets me excited. Yeah, well, it makes a big difference when it's advertising an event you're not already watching. Very true. <laughs> Very and at a top 100 course in the country, right? Yeah, that's awesome. And then. We got Reno too. Which Reno, Reno Field's going to be wild this week. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, like you mentioned, shout out to our new podcast. If you're listening yeah. this far in, you're still craving more golf podcasts. We have a new podcast called Crash Course. Uh, it's kind of a sister act to. Uh, I'm going to sneeze. So why don't you take it from here? <laughs> I, as soon as you said sister act, I was thinking about sister act too. <laughs> I was so going to say I, sister I, act too was <laughs> better than sister act. Uh, yeah, I, I, a sister podcast, a sister act, if you will, to our uh, yeah. To our video series. To our video series. Sorry, I didn't know where you were going with that. So Uh, we we just published the first three episodes. They're Jack's Beach, Pine Valley, and uh, what was the third one? I forget, but well, we, you'll see when you get yeah, to the yeah, exactly. It's a uh, basically we we you know we do a lot of we get to see a lot of golf courses. We don't always sit down to talk about them. It doesn't usually fit into our podcast structure uh, on this feed, and it's time consuming. And we don't take cameras with us to turn them into videos or necessarily post on the website. So it's kind of our brain dump for golf courses. And it's I wouldn't say you're meant to listen to all of them. It's kind of like if you're interested in this place and hearing about it, we're going to tell you about it. So we're going to release. For the near future, uh, three a week on Monday mornings, and uh, hopefully just build out that database of golf courses across the world, really, um, as we as time goes along. So check that out if you're craving some more golf content, or hopefully, you know, if you want to come back in a couple months and see what the library looks like, that would be uh, that's yeah, fun. Yeah, it's almost as well. like you're taking a trip somewhere. It's a it's a repository of. Yeah. TPC Sawgrass was the other one. That's right. That's right. Um, Which we got into the sewer system. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Some interesting things you're going to find in that one. So without you guys, uh, good to wrap it? Good. Otherwise? All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. It's a little bit long one for a kind of a somewhat boring week, but uh, a lot to talk about still. So thank you for listening, and we will see you back here again next week. Cheers. Orange. Crack on. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect.